Hey, you're listening to episode four of the Root Crew Podcast. Ow, my kidney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rue Crew Podcast. Today is a very exciting day because we get to talk to Ryan about his kidney issues. Drama. Drama. His kidney drama. Yeah. um, Usually, it's okay to have kids listen to this, but who knows what I'm going to say. It was a very traumatic experience, and we're talking about... The urinary tract, which lends itself to... <laughs> I didn't know we were getting inappropriate here, but okay. Well, it's not inappropriate, Marley. We're going to be talking <laughs> about medical things, but P. Yes. It's like when I was in grade six, page 13 of the dictionaries in our classroom was the digestive tract. And we'd always lean over to it. Well, the guys did. And we'd go, hey, check out, check out, um, check out page 13, boys. See what's in there. Then we'd flip open the book, the dictionary, and we'd go to page 13, and we laughed because we got to see the intestines, and the intestines attached to? The butt? The butt. So okay. that was really funny to us. Yeah, so you were a very different child than I was. That, obviously. So, this is the story of my kidney. Our story begins on March 24th. Was it early morning? It was early in the morning. Yeah. I woke up with what I thought was intense gas. He was he was pretty strongly convinced for a good portion of the story that he was experiencing some pretty pretty intense gas. I thought it was gas. So anyways, <clears throat> I wake up at like 6 a.m. and I've got really bad pain. So then I go up to the bathroom, obviously. I told you this is not kids. Well, maybe it is for kids. I wouldn't let your kid I wouldn't let my kid listen to this. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely frank, okay? This is a very open conversation. I'm very vulnerable right now. So basically I've got such bad pain in my side, I literally threw up and I broke all the blood vessels in my eyes and my face. I looked like I had leprosy. And when he says throw up, to bring some context to that, like Yes, he was throwing up, but he wasn't really like throwing up food. He was just like intensely not dry heaving because I guess there was some stuff coming up. But like you were like your whole body would like thrust itself forward into the toilet. It was some pretty I've never seen someone throw up quite like this. It was dramatic was a good word to use. So anyways. I throw up, I lay up in the bed, which was now, which is basically now just like my hospital room because I didn't leave it for like a week. And I was convinced it was gas. So like I got Marley because this happened before and I was 90% sure it was gas. It happened at church. And did, <laughs> did I have to preach that day? Yes. I went up to preach and I like, I left the service halfway through and I went into my office and I was like rubbing my tummy and stuff and like trying to get it up. I drank like a quarter of a cup of Pepto-Bismol and it it worked and then like later that day I laid down and just let everything fly literally (laughs) but this was different but anyways I thought it was gas so I got Marley I laid down on the bed and she got a rolling pin (laughs) and she rolled a rolling pin up and down my stomach and that it didn't feel great but I was convinced that it was going to help because it helped the last time when you sign up 
when you sign the covenant of marriage, you don't ever picture the day when your husband's going to ask you to take a rolling pin and roll it up and down his abdomen. But we reached that day that day. It was it was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the most awkward part of this story. Ew. That's coming up much later. Anyways. So then this uh this pain just gets worse, but it's not like constant. And that's that was what was weird. Like it would really, really hurt and then it wouldn't. So like I did most of Tuesday just living life and every once in a while I would like go and lay down and stuff. But then Tuesday night at like eleven PM I threw up again because the pain mm-hmm. got so bad. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I thought maybe, and then at that point, I started thinking I had food poisoning Mm -hmm. because I was feeling very similar. Like, it was kind of like my stomach was upset. (laughs) And he was convinced that it was the lettuce that we ate because he threw up. He could still see lettuce in his vomit. And so he was like very convinced that this lettuce. I got E. coli from the lettuce. (laughs) So then I was already sworn off these vegetables to begin with. And now this lettuce. And, like, we had started, like, this was during the Caesar salad time, right? When we were eating, like, a lot of Caesar salads. Well, yeah, because to give context to that is, Ryan, I kept, like, having the conversation of, like, okay, you need to be eating more vegetables. And he talked about the fact that he would eat more vegetables if it came in the form of a Caesar salad. So, not great, but, I mean, he was still eating lettuce. So, I was like, okay, I'll take what I can get and then we'll we'll move on from there. So he <laughs> was eating Caesar salad with like practically every meal. And it was great. And it was great until you became very convinced that it was killing you. Because when you get to that point in your life, you just start looking for patterns. And I'm really good at finding patterns where they <laughs> don't exist. So anyways, <clears throat> I go to sleep. I'm convinced it's food poisoning. and But there was nothing in my stomach anymore. So I was very confused. Uh, I wake up the next morning and throw up again. I'm like, okay. But this is all during all this coronavirus stuff, so I'm terrified to go to the hospital because I don't mm-hmm. want to die. And during that night, you there were several times that you woke up and like for like 15 minutes at a time, you would have me like punch your stomach, essentially. <laughs> and then I started getting her to punch me <laughs> in the side, which looking back, wrong thing to yes. have her do. Yeah. And yeah. I was just trying to do like, I didn't know what to do to help you. Because I didn't really know what was going on. So I would just punch his side. And it felt terrible. But I was convinced <laughs> it was going to move that gas. <laughs> but it was funny because like, I don't know if it was just like in your head. It was like a placebo thing. But you're like, oh, yeah, if you punch it for like 15 minutes. Or, punching is the wrong word. It was like kneading bread, essentially. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... He was like, if you just do that for like 15 minutes, then it gives me relief for like 45 minutes. So I was like, okay. So like he would wake me up almost in like a cycle to knead his stomach. And you like, for some reason it was offering or you thought it was offering some sort of relief, but we learned later that it was the wrong choice. Yeah. If you've got a kidney stone, don't punch it. The correct, (laughs) the correct course of action is not punch, get punched in the kidney. Anyway, continuously. Every hour on the hour, yeah. essentially. So anyways, I wake up that morning. I throw up again. I'm like, okay, this is like bad. So then I'm like, well, maybe it's my appendix. Or maybe, I think I looked it up and it said it's either gas or some like really long name that basically your intestines are like tangled up and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's interesting that you say this because an interesting thing about Ryan, and this is not a hit against you as a person, 
but this regard- may get edited out. <laughs> regardless of what is actually going on, Ryan has a way of making everything gonna end in like doom. So like even if it was just gas, it was gonna be gas that was so bad that he was gonna die. It's gonna rupture my intestine. <laughs> So everything, as he was like Googling stuff, it was like, oh, it's going to be this and it's going to make me die. And so, yeah, this was like the fifth thing that he had Googled that was going to kill him. Now, also, I don't want to use the healthcare system because <clears throat> healthcare is expensive. That's just something like, I don't know where I got it from. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. But I'm not going to say where I got it from. But this idea, you only go to the doctor if you're very sick. Yeah, I and think that's fair. And like, like very, very, very sick. And so like last year I had pneumonia for five weeks because I didn't go to the doctor because I didn't want to waste healthcare doc- dollars. Because if I go to the doctor, I just hate when you go to the doctor's office. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I judge. But when, <laughs> when you, when you go to the ER or something and like you hear the doctor and they're talking to someone else and they're like, you really shouldn't be here. You're wasting our time. That's the worst feeling in the world. Has that ever happened to you? No, but I've seen it happen to other people. Not oh, in New okay. Brunswick. This was when oh, I was a okay. kid. So ever okay. since then, I'd be afraid that I'm going to go to the ER and everyone's going to talk behind my back and say, oh, he doesn't really need to be here. He's just a wimp. Yeah. So that's why I wait five weeks to go to the doctor when I've got pneumonia. It's why I wait 48 hours when I'm having intense abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. So to avoid going to the doctor because I don't want to waste healthcare dollars and also don't want to go and catch COVID at the hospitals because everything yeah. shut down. It was a pandemic. So, I well, called, it is a pandemic. I called telehealth and they're like... <laughs> They're swamped because everyone's calling them because they're like screening for COVID. If you got mm-hmm. a fever, you're supposed to call before you go to the doctor. So anyways, I call them and they call me back like nine hours later and they're like, yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Like you should probably go to the ER. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So anyways, I call the clinic <laughs> near our house and say like, hey, I leave a message. I'm like, hey, do you mind if we, uh, if I just swing by and you could just look at me? And they call me back and they're like, yeah, that's not really something we can triage at our little clinic here. You should probably just go to the ER. So I go to the ER. The next morning, yeah. The next morning. Mm -hmm. I go to the ER the next morning because like Marley's convinced I'm going to die. And now I'm fully (laughs) convinced like. I wasn't convinced you were going to die, but it seemed at this point that it was, I didn't know if it was your appendix or if it was your kidney, but it seemed it had persisted longer than it normally would if it was just you were looking for pity (laughs) (laughs) and also the pain had moved yes and you weren't like he was to give yeah he was in like a lot of pain like i've never seen him like he would try and stand up and he would just like collapse and the one time like i could tell he wasn't just playing around because he like collapsed into my arms and like gave like all of his body weight (laughs) into Okay, it, you, you, I could tell you were in, like, I'm not saying, that's it not a bad, bad. thing. It was I could bad. just tell you were in a lot of pain. It was bad. Yeah. And there was nothing I could, like, there was, it, I think, it, I think you took Tylenol at one point, but, like, even that wasn't, like, there was nothing we could really do here at home that seemed to be helping. Yeah, it. nothing was happening. So, anyways, we, we dr- decided to go to the hospital. We're driving over bumps on New Brunswick roads, and, like, <laughs> it's hurting me. And like, anyways, we keep going. I'm like, Marley, should we get lunch before? Because it's around lunchtime. And like, there's a Burger King right near the hospital. And I love their chicken sandwiches because they're cheap. Mm. I would also like to mention the fact that he's in strong abdominal pain. And his first thought is still, we should go to that Burger King that's right around the corner. 
But we didn't. We didn't. Which was the wrong choice. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It was. Okay. Um, so then we go to the hospital. I go in. They ask me a bunch of questions to make sure I'm not going to give them COVID. And I'm like... I wasn't allowed in. Marley wasn't even allowed in. So I go into the hospital at like, what, 11 a.m.? Uh, it was 10. Yeah, 10. It was like 10.30. Yeah, it was 10.30 because mm-hmm. Burger King switched over to lunch at 10.30. I remember that. <laughs> okay. So it's like 10.40. <laughs> I go in, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to go somewhere else, lady. So Marley goes and sits in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in, I get triaged, whatever. There's no one there because of COVID, no guests. The ER was empty. I was the mm-hmm. only one. Anyways, I go there and they triage me and they're like, yeah, that's kind of weird that you're having that. So they put me in the little room that's made of curtains. And then I talk to the doctor and he starts like poking on me. Like, like doctors do when they're pushing on your body. Mm-hmm. And he's like, does that hurt? And I was like, yeah, it does. In all fairness, you might have been bruised from me punching you for two days. I was a little tender. <laughs> also, shout out to the doctors at the hospital. They did a good job. And uh, anyway, so they sent me in there and he's like, yeah, OK, uh, we're going to send you for a CAT scan. I get a CAT scan. The lady was very nice who got the cat. Also, sometimes we're just sitting in the in the ER. Like, there's no walls. It's just, like, cloth mm-hmm. curtains between you. And you just hear the craziest stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into those details. But I heard some wild stories about how, why, how people got into the ER. Because it gradually filled up. I was there for a little while just because I don't know why. I go get my CAT scan. And then the doctor's like, yeah, we're waiting for the lab tech to, like, look at it officially. But you've definitely got kidney stones in there. And I go, stones? He goes, oh, yeah, you're full. Turns out there was a reason that the lab tech needed to look at it because there was only one kidney stone. <laughs> but they, he's like, yeah, it's five millimeters. He's like, okay, well, we're still waiting for the lab tech, but you can just go home. Um, just take ibuprofen and Tylenol or whatever, and, and I'll call you tomorrow. Actually, he gave me his phone number. And he's cool. like, call me tomorrow and, and I'll let you know what they said and we'll, and we'll try and figure out what's, what's actually wrong. So I call him in the morning. He's like, yeah, you've got a kidney stone. It's five millimeters and it's like blocking your hole to your bladder, <laughs> which is called the ureter. I the now ureter. know that now. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like laying there. I'm taking all these Tylenol and stuff. We go over to Bonnie and she gives us like this magic beanbag thing so I can heat it up for heat so you can like heat yourself. Mm-hmm. What's it called? It's like it's like a rice uh, like a rice bag that you can heat up in the microwave. It's called like a magic sack. I think is what it's called. It is called a magic sack. <laughs> that is exactly what it said on it. But people like make them homemade often. This one wasn't homemade though. No, this was like a. It was a magic sack brand. It was a magic sack, but you can also make them homemade. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I get I get there. I microwave this magic bean thing, and it feels good. Okay, like it takes doesn't take away the pain, but definitely helps. Did you say you microwaved it? Marley microwaved it. Now we're entering into the time of Nurse Marley and patient Ryan. So anyways, I lay down. I take Tylenol. Tylenol and Advil aren't really doing anything. So I upped my dose and still didn't really do anything. So then Marley's like, well, let's get an naproxen. But she says it. Naperson. Pennsylvania, I guess. Um, so then we call in the pharmacy and we have to order over the phone and they get us a heating pad. Boy, howdy, did that make a difference? (laughs) 
Anyways, I call him. He says, yeah, there are kidney stones, and the urologist is going to call you and set up an appointment to get rid of it. So I basically laid in bed with a heating pad, and the pain was the same level, but mentally it was less because I knew what it was now. I knew I wasn't going to die. Yeah. But now my fear switched to, what if I have to pee this out? It also switched to, this was the phase of this whole process where he began Googling what the process of like removing a kidney stone was, if he was going to pass it, if it was going to be like blasted. And uh, that I think that brought Don't some... ever do that. Yeah. Which we're going to get to that later. There's many phases of things you Googled throughout this process that just essentially put you into a downward spiral of fear. And I'm a very afraid person when it comes yes. to stuff like this. Yeah, which I mean, that's fair. Day one, the urologist. So Thursday, the urologist doesn't call. Friday, the urologist doesn't call. So I call the hospital. I'm like, hey, can I talk to the urologist? And the nurse was like, no. Who are you? And I was like, I need I need to talk to you. The, the, you don't remember me, the guy with the kidney stone? The urologist was supposed to call me, and he never did. And she's like, we have several urologists, so unless you've got a name, you're not going to get through. I was like... Okay, so at this point, I just resigned myself to hopeless pity over the weekend. And I was pretty mm-hmm. pathetic. I was getting sad. Also, you might I add, um, we're going to talk to my brother after this, who had a kidney stone for like... He said three months. Three okay. months. And I had a kidney stone in me for... That I felt for... Like six days. Six or seven days. Yeah. But The I'm weekend weak. was rough because th- that was a whole new... <laughs> mental state of you now knew what was wrong so that was good but I think you were convinced that this doctor was just like never ever gonna call you because you're like he was supposed to call and he never called and I'm supposed to have it fixed and it's just gonna be stuck in there forever yeah there's yeah you were feeling pretty bad so I wake up on Monday morning resigning myself to death or I'm gonna have to pee out this half a centimeter rock and then i start like googling width of urethra width (laughs) of bladder tube and it's kids if you are watching don't google that do not google that don't um anyway so then i'm like sitting there in my mopey state and i get a phone call from unknown and i'm like what's this and then i get the cheery noise of my urologist and i almost wept and (laughs) And he sounded so sweet and nice and cool on the phone. Those are the qualities you want in a urologist. Nice and sweet and cool. It was. Yeah. So then anyways, I talked to him. I'm like, so he goes, well, you've got you've got a kidney stone. And I was like, yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm a little wimpy. He goes, oh, no, it's the worst thing you can have. It's like he and he's like sympathizing with me. Like, he's answering all my questions. He's like, you've got a 50% chance that it's going to pass in 28 days. And I was like, I don't like those odds. He goes, I wouldn't either. So here's what we could do. He And then he starts describing this in, in fairly graphic detail that I'm not going to recount. He goes, so basically what we're going to do is, is we're going to knock you out, which I like. I like getting going under anesthetic because it's like time travel. Like if we ever go to other planets, that's how they'll do it because you just get knocked out and then you wake up and it's like time travel. Anyway, (laughs) 
He goes, we knock you out, and then we're going to put a scope up you. And I was like, how are you going to get it up there? He goes, well, there's only one entrance to that part of your body. And I said, all right. And he goes, and then we're going to shoot a laser at it, and then we've got a basket. And then I'm going to fish out all the pieces of your stone, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to pull everything out through where I came in. Mm -hmm. And And his face, because he was had on speakerphone at this point, Ryan's poor face, you could just see his mind processing all of the things that this doctor was saying was going to be going on. And I felt very bad for you. Yeah. So I'm like, I was like, well, doctor, like, you're the expert. What would you do? He goes, I'd get it blasted. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I was like, but if you blast it, does that just mean instead of passing one big stone, I'm going to pass like six little stones? He goes, no, no, no. I'll clean it right up for you. There'll be nothing. I was like, all right. He goes, can you be here for one o'clock? I was like, that's like two hours from now. And I'm an hour away from the hospital. He goes, yeah, can you make it by two o'clock or one o'clock? And I was like, yep. He's like, did you eat breakfast? I was like, yeah, I, I had some cereal. He goes, okay, don't eat anything else. <laughs> I was like, all right. This was also funny. One thing that made me laugh is he asked if you ate breakfast and you're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, did you have anything heavy? And you're like, well, I had like a normal size bowl of honey bunches of oats, almonds, <laughs> like just so specific. Well, I didn't know. Anyways, just made me, it was a, it was a highlight of the story. So anyways, we go to this, we go to this, the hospital and we get checked in and because of COVID, there's no one there, which is weird. Also, I just had similar to when he went to the ER, I just like no one else is allowed to go in the hospital. So I dropped him at the door. But I needed to get a ride home. Yeah. Well, yes. And I, even if you didn't, I would have, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So I would have gone anyways, but it is kind of weird because like in any other circumstance, I would have like been there to. I don't know. It was a big day for you. It was. So I go into day surgery. The hospital had Wi-Fi. I had a window. I just kind of chilled there. A nurse came in and she did an EKG, which is where they put like seven stickers all over your body Mm -hmm. and not on your chest, like on your leg and your elbow and stuff. And she took my heartbeat and I was like, is that good? And she goes, yeah, I guess. And then (laughs) this other nurse came in and she was classic nurse. Okay. Like, like she's how nurses used to dress like you know how nurses now wear like like scrubs Mm -hmm. she was wearing a black dress okay with black stockings yeah flats and she had a white cardigan in that had her name embroidered in it was she an older lady she was older okay but she looked like a nurse she looked like when i close my eyes and think of nurse that's what i think of how often do you do that not very often (laughs) Yeah, I guess when I said that, it sounds weird. Anyways, <laughs> so she comes in and she's like talking to me because she's got nothing else to do. So we're just sitting there talking. She has nothing else <sighs> to do. She's a nurse who wears a cardigan and a skirt, so she has nothing else. She to was do. so nice. I was like, she's like, oh yeah. I was like, well, another nurse came in and she was an LPN. What does that stand for? And she says what it is. Licensed nurse practitioner. Yeah. It... Licensed. LPN. LPN. I don't know. I forget. And then the anesthesiologist comes in and she goes, hey, I'm your anesthesiologist. Like, we're going to put you under. We're going to give you some muscle relaxants. We're going to give you like 
this and this and this. I was like, sure, dude, like, lady, I trust you. Like, you went to school for this. <laughs> Anyways, the doctor comes in and he's like, okay, can you walk down? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he goes, now, I just want to let you know. Also, if you're still letting your kid listen to this, I would even say 14A. Like, this is a 14A movie for the graphic detail we're going to get into here. So if you're listening to this and you get squeamish, stop listening. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. He goes, now, just so you know, like, here's some of the stuff you can expect. It's going to pee when you, it's going to burn when you pee. You're going to pee a little bit of blood, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's fine, doctor. <laughs> Take me into the OR and they lay me down and like, sorry, this is the x-ray OR. So like, there's no padding on this bed. You just need to lay on this because we're going to x-ray you to see how we're going to fish that tube up. Mm-hmm. I want to add that at this point, I'm still fully dressed. I'm wearing a gown. Like oh, I'm wearing I a gown. You meant like, okay, yeah. Yeah. The first gown they gave me, it was way too short. And Ooh. like I was walking around to get my like weighed and the nurse is like, oh, I'm going to get you a longer gown. So I don't know what she saw. I don't think I told you that because I was you loopy. definitely didn't. But she's like, I'm going to get you a longer gown. So she gave me a longer gown. You're walking around in like a mini dress. I, it was very short. Like it didn't go past wow. my fingers when I put my arms beside me. Did they also give you a pair of like go-go boots to go with them? No. So anyways. I go, the anesthesiologist is so friendly. She goes, okay, sweetheart, like, here's your muscle relaxing. And I was like, okay. And she goes, oh, yeah, oh, and here's your, and then I woke up in recovery. And did I ever have to pee? Also, recovery nurses are the best nurses ever. <laughs> That's a common, every, every medical professional you've dealt with in this whole time, you'd be like, they were so friendly. They were so nice. Also, I, I forgot to tell you, um... I asked the anesthesiologist, I was like, so like, am I going to wake up? Like, do I wake up in recovery? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. You wake up before recovery in the OR room. Mm. And and I ask you a couple questions, but you're not going to remember any of that. I don't remember any of it. I wake up in recovery. These these nurses were so sweet to me. So did you have to, like, because you were on the x-ray thing, did, like, when it was all done, you woke up, did you stand up? To I, walk to where you went to next? Or did they roll you to where I you don't went know, Marley. To? I was on a gurney. I was on a hospital bed now. I don't know how. Truthfully, I don't know how they got me onto a bed. Because the huh. bed that I was on was not mobile. Yeah. And I walked in. So maybe they rolled me. I don't know. I wake up in recovery. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in this whole experience. Well, apparently I, you say wacky stuff when you're... But you don't remember it. Which See, that's what makes me nervous. I've never had to like... I've never had surgery or anything. But I'm terrified. Like No, you can't hold you accountable for stuff you say under anesthetic, hopefully. Well, some of the things I say when I'm like fully awake are weird, so I can only imagine. Yeah, it was bad. Anyways, I wake up and boy howdy, do I feel keyword feel like I need to pee. And I'm like, I gotta pee, nurse. <laughs> and then I fall asleep and then I wake up again. And they gave me this thing. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I pee standing up. <laughs> But I could also pee. (laughs) I can also pee sitting down. But I cannot pee laying on my back. I could not figure it out. I could not get. Why were you trying? Because I felt like I had to pee. Well, did you have a catheter in at this point? No, I I asked them and they're like, nope. So don't, don't, don't let it go. So you tried to pee laying down? Yeah, because they gave me like this, like it literally looked like 
a jug. Like it was like a pee container. I don't feel like you're alone and not being able to pee. That would, yeah. On my back. I couldn't do it. But they still gave it to me anyways. And they're like, you didn't tell me that part of the story. Do you want to drink a water? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then they give me a popsicle. And like, as I'm getting, so anyways, I get rolled out. And as I'm rolling out, I was like, these popsicles are so good. Like, where do you get them? Are they like special hospital popsicles? And she goes, no, here, one sec. And then they stop me in the hallway and roll me back. And the nurse opens up the freezer of the fridge that's just like in the recovery room. She goes, here's the box. And it's Chapman's lollies. If you're wondering for what type of popsicle you get out of recovery at the hospital in Fredericton, Mm -hmm. it's Chapman's lollies. And that was like the first or second thing you told me after I picked you up. And the grape, it was so good. You were very excited about the popsicles. So anyways, they roll me into the room and I actually don't remember anything that happens in between that and me getting in the room i must have fell asleep (laughs) so anyways and then the nurse is like well you want to get dressed like you're feeling good enough i was like yeah i'm feeling fine were you still just like hanging out in your mini dress at this no at this point i'm like laying in my also the doctor comes and checks in and and the check-in was basically okay he's not dead (laughs) how you feeling (laughs) he goes how you feeling and i go fine i guess he goes great i got it all out i was like thanks so anyways, I don't remember anything after that, my interaction with the nurse at the lolly. And somehow I got into my room. Anyways, I sit there for a bit, lay down, text Marley that I'm not dead. And then I was like, well, I'll, can I get dressed? Like, I'm feeling okay. And she goes, yeah, you're, you're looking okay. So I go, to, I go into the bathroom to change because I do have some privacy, you know. Yeah. That's how I changed in, in high school gym class too. I went to the stall. But this was like a bathroom. It was like a room with a bathroom attached. I go into the bathroom. (laughs) You just put so much detail. I know. And (laughs) and I was like, I need to pee. Now I can pee. Because you're not laying on your back anymore. Because I'm standing up. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Gravity assist. Oh, okay. So if you you think back, the doctor said, there'll be some blood in your urine. Well, I've never peed blood ever. So I was thinking it's going to be like, like it was going to look like when you add too much water to like grape Kool-Aid. I mean, uh, cherry Kool-Aid or like it, when you put that first like drop of food coloring in a glass of water and it's like, it just kind of makes it pink. Okay. So that's what I was expecting. Well, anyways, I start to pee and it burns. I've never experienced this burning before. A lot. Dark, dark red. And I was. So it was like not diluted cherry Kool-Aid. No, it was cherry Kool-Aid where they put four packets of the flavoring in it. For the same amount of water. And I start to get a little dizzy because I get a little freaked out by blood. Yeah. And this do. is coming out of me. Oh, and they also put a stent in. Yes. I forgot Which, to say. Do you want to explain what that is? A stent is, is a tube that looks his curly at both ends. And they put it up your ureter. And it, well, half of it sits in your kidney. And the other half sits in your bladder. And it basically makes it so your kidney can drain. Mm-hmm. because that's where the pain of a kidney stone comes from it's the pain is not from the kidney stone hitting the walls of your kidney or whatever the stone covers the hole and then it builds up pressure yeah that's where the pain comes from and that's why it's not constant because the stone doesn't always block the hole mm-hmm. and they leave that in the reason that that's still in is because after the procedure that's left in for like 
two weeks. Yeah. Because it can swell up and close, and then you're back to square one with pressure in your kidney. I'm peeing pretty scary. And, like, I'm also pretty loopy still. Yeah. And the nurse wasn't with me at that point. That is kind of surprising that they just let you, I mean, it's nice that they let you go in by yourself, but I'm kind of surprised that they didn't stay close. Yeah, I don't know. So anyways, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh no. Anyways, I get dressed, I walk out, and when I say walk, I mean waddle. You did have a, a, a pretty strong waddle going on when I picked you up. So I get in the car, and then I come home, I got my heating pad. Well, we actually, funny story, is we had to stop and pick up his prescription. Oh. <laughs> and... You tell this part. Yeah. So every, like, obviously during this, all of the COVID stuff is going on. So we had to stop at the pharmacy in Superstore. And so it's, it's a weird time still, like going into the store during this time is just weird. But he, uh, he wanted me to pick up a couple things, but he had to get his thing at the pharmacy and we had like 10 minutes until it closed. And so I kind of set him up at the pharmacy, made sure he was okay. And... (laughs) I was like, do you think you're okay to like stay here if I run and get stuff? And he was like a little loopy, but he like seemed like he was okay. So I left him there and like mad dash to go grab what I needed from the rest of the store so that we could get out of there in time. And I come back to the pharmacy and I like multiple times before I left him said like, okay, I'll meet you back like right here. Like don't move anywhere. And I come back to the pharmacy and he's not there. And I don't know if anyone has been shopping during this whole uh, COVID experience, but like you're only allowed to walk down the aisle certain ways. And I had already checked out and people are already looking at you weird. And then I'm like convinced Ryan has like run off somewhere. And so I call him. Don't, he doesn't answer, but I eventually find him wandering through the aisles of Superstore. I'm like, where did you go? At the popsicle aisles. (laughs) He He was in the popsicle aisle. Because he was like dead set that he had to have popsicles now. Fudsicles. And a box of pizza pockets. The fudsicles have been good since we got them. They have been great, but it was it was fun. I was like, okay. And he was just like wandering around. And then the first <laughs> I find him, he tells me that he's getting popsicles. And I was like, hey, did you get your, your prescription and everything okay? And he's like, well, yeah, but she asked for my address. And I didn't remember it and I was like oh okay he was like yeah it was weird so that's when I knew Ryan was like not fully because I was wandering around the superstore waddling around yeah like a lost dog yes with just like wide-eyed but excited that you had popsicles because I still had anesthetic pumping through my blood yeah I don't think I realized when I left you at the pharmacy how like uh, under the influence you still were and at this point, I started pounding back the water because the mm-hmm. doctor said the more water you drink, the less it's going to sting. Yes, you did drink a lot of water. So anyways, we go home. I go to bed. I'm feeling pretty good. And I didn't have pain anymore. I just really had discomfort. <clears throat> and then uh, they said, I'll call you, like call my doctor's office in t- tomorrow and we'll, uh, we'll set up an appointment to get this stent out, which is not a stint. I have no really, it's just discomfort. But then there's this little thing, like luckily because of COVID, I'm allowed to, like I've been working from home. But I had, I set up a desk with, that's like a, 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 a like a wooden frame 
that I can set like a computer <laughs> on with my mouse. And then mm-hmm. I set it on my stomach because I had to edit video for the church service. So, um, so I do that, but I'm basically bedridden. But if I did any more activity than walking from the bedroom to the kitchen and back, like I just was bleeding on the inside. Mm-hmm. And, but I did get to know the difference between having to pee and having to bleed out. <laughs> Gross. It's a different feeling. And I can't explain it, but I did yeah. know because I would like, hey, you sign up for this. If you're still listening, great job. But like when I have to pee, you feel like you have to pee. But when it was blood, it felt like I had peed myself already. Mm-hmm. And to clarify, when he says blood, it's not there was never, ever a time where the only thing coming out was blood. It was always blood mixed with urine. And Marley knows that because every time I went to the bathroom, <laughs> I would call her in and say, look at this. It's clear or it's red yeah. or it looks like tomatoes. Yeah. Like So there definitely were some times where. Sometimes it was clear. So, yeah. Yeah. And then one night I did have a little pain from the stent, but that's mm-hmm. normal. And then the worst decision I made, but also the best decision was like Mike was shooting the Easter Sunday message at the mm-hmm. top of Estes Hill, which is like. A pretty big hill and it took us like 10 15 minutes to walk up it that was a bad mistake it was really cool the video was really fun mm-hmm. but i had to stop twice walking up and justin's with me i'm like hold on do you think anyone can see us and he goes no 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 we're like little ants on this hill so i was like okay and then i pee pee out the blood and then walk a little more and then pee out more blood and then we shot the video and then i did it twice coming down and then i laid in bed and slept all day i call the doctor and they're like hey can I have my stent taken out? And they're like, yep, here's your appointment. And then they call and they're like, something happened at the hospital. We can't do it anymore. I'm like, oh no. Cause I was starting, like it was starting to get annoying. Cause like mm-hmm. the weather was nice. Like I wanted to do our gardens, but I couldn't bend over. I couldn't walk around that much Yeah. without like being uncomfortable. And then the blood was like, it was kind of just, dis- disconcerting so yeah. anyways, and when the doctor called to reschedule ryan again thought like oh, i'm gonna die with this thing inside me like you got pretty sad i got sad yeah you because got pretty it was because i was like well like it took two weeks to get this appointment like it's gonna be minimum two weeks until they can fit me in but with all this covid stuff maybe they shut down the hospital for this stuff mm-hmm. but then the lady called me and she goes do you want to come in on Monday? So anyways, I go in on Monday. Now, this is where the graphic stuff starts, just so you know. So if you... Where it starts. Oh, yeah, we're going in. So anyways, I show up to the doctors, and the hospital is definitely more somber than it was two and a half weeks after I'd gone in the first time. Like, mm-hmm. people were more uncomfortable. Everyone was wearing masks now because of COVID, including me. Mm-hmm. One that someone our church made. <clears throat> and they did such a good job. The nurse asked me, like, who made that mask? Like, it's perfect. It yeah. covers your nose on stuff. I was like, oh, this per- Sandra did, whatever. So then uh, we, I go in, and this is no anesthetic. Oh, also, I forgot to mention, I, I started YouTubing. <laughs> YouTubing. <laughs> I told you not to. I YouTubed stent. And, and the first half of it was like, hey, this is a stent. This is what it looks like. And it's like like a animation of like oh your bladder and it's like one of those ones Mm -hmm. it's very medical like 
and it's like cartoon like it's like it looks like a textbook drawing but it's animated with like a stamp going in and all stuff then all of a sudden it hard cuts to real life footage (laughs) of some man and i almost threw up (laughs) he like couldn't stand up for a little while after he's like no i don't he like very quickly went from like i want this thing out of my body to like i'm okay with it staying in in there yeah it's okay (laughs) and then i got worried because his stent had a string attached and mine didn't so then i was like what did i lose the string why is there no string and then oh my gosh then they showed it being removed and i almost threw up yeah so I'm thinking, this is what I've watched prior to me going into this doctor's office. I the, told you not to watch the a video. Room. So I'm like, I'm done here. Like, I'm done. Like, another, like, I was okay with it happening with me knocked out. Like, you can do whatever you want to me when I'm asleep. <laughs> but when I'm awake, a whole different mental ball game. Anyways, I roll up to this doctor's office. And I'm in this waiting room with this little old lady who I don't know why she's there, but it is a urology department. So it's something terrible, I'm sure. She goes in. She's in and out. Oh, you mean she's a patient? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like she's there as a nurse. No, she's there like five minutes. Anyways, I go in there. They're like, okay, put on this gown. And I'm like, okay, sure. This is normal. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, should I do front or back? Like do it up because it's open at the back and she goes well it doesn't really matter because we're just going to roll it up anyways my bpm of my heart goes up 30 percent at that point because now i realize i'm also a very private person when it comes to it like i said i don't change Did you say you just at that point realized they were gonna have to i was i was pretending i didn't need to know because (laughs) like i don't like changing in front of people well that's fair it's weird i don't like it i do it yeah it's weird i hate it so anyways, I'm like laying on this bed and they come in and they're like, okay, those are the tools that we've used. They're sterilized, blah, 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 blah. And then the doctor's like, oh. I'm getting flashbacks, dude. I, I like for the day, for like a day and a half after I had flashbacks and I would just shudder mm-hmm. when I thought about it. It's true. So anyways, there's a nurse and she's a she's a nice lady and the doctor's in there and he's very nice too. And I was like, doctor, I'm not really looking forward to this. He goes, to be honest, I'd be worried if you were. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like true enough. <sighs> so anyways, he, they trick you. Okay. Um, Cause she's like, okay, Ryan, like roll up your dress, your gown. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Because I had a little blanket over me, and then I rolled up my gown, and then she rolled up the blanket, but she said it in a way that made it think that they were going to cover me with another blanket, so then I'd be kind of... And I think she may have even said, we're going to cover you with a blanket. Well, technically they do. But there they was don't a, cover all of you. There was a square hole in the middle of the blanket. And well, there has to be. I, it... I would rather that blanket be reverse, where it was a square of fabric, and that's it. But... So they place this blanket over me. and Did I, you want them to like have to do the surgery under so a blanket? <laughs> I just felt a little misled because I consented to them to put a blanket on. But I didn't realize that the blanket had a hole in it. <laughs> so they put this blanket on and then the doctor's like, okay, 
And then he starts telling me what he's going to do. And I start going, I don't want to know. Also, I'm wearing a cloth mask, which is probably the thickness of two T-shirts, like back to back. Mm -hmm. So I start to have a little bit of trouble breathing. He puts some freezing agent in. He goes, that's the worst part. That was a lie. Then it felt like, <laughs> then it felt like he had taken a piece of rebar. What? Like I felt like he had a four foot piece of metal. Yeah. And when he moved the top of it at, yeah. by one centimeter, it felt like it moved nine centimeters inside of me. <laughs> I wasn't in pain, but I definitely felt like I was getting. I felt like there was a non flexible metal bar inside of me. Was it just like pressure? I don't know. Anyways, I start to hyperventilate. And the nurses, and and he's like, and the doctor, like, he's done this a hundred times. I actually found out. So anyways, he's like explaining. He goes, oh, oh," he's like talking away. I'm like hyperventilating, like just trying. And then he's like, okay, Ryan, you need to lower your butt. Because I was arching my back. And my butt was not on the ground, on the table, on the bed. So he's like, he's like, and Ryan, you are so tense. I can't get the scope in. He's like, you need to relax. Working on those glutes. He's like, you need to relax your muscles like you're about to, like, like you need to relax the muscles like you're going to pee so I can get into your bladder to get this mm-hmm. because I can't get in right now. And I was like, okay, doc, okay, I'll do it. And the good thing is you already knew that you can't pee laying down so there was no fear right yeah so i was like i was like can you just give me a second i'm gonna calm down he goes yeah yeah no no problem man (laughs) meanwhile he's got something inside of me uh, and i just go take a deep breath (sighs) and then i felt my butt lower back to the bed (laughs) drop it like it's hot (laughs) and then and then i close my eyes and i I've never focused as hard as I did then. <laughs> that's concerning that and that's I, the most focused. The- and he goes, mm-hmm. thanks, bud. And then he goes, okay. And then, so a lot of this is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse is, and I'm wearing my glasses and my glasses are fogged up. She's like, let me take off your glasses. And then she goes, I think this is part of the problem. Do you, can I take off your mask? And she's like giving me more air out of my mask. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that feels really better. And then he goes, okay, one, two, and it's out. And I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And they're like, that's just because you're hyperventilating. You'll be fine. Because they were like, they were, they were switching between, okay, Ryan, you need to breathe. And okay, Ryan, you need to breathe slower. Mm-hmm. Because I was holding my breath and then hyperventilating. You're pretty worked up even before. So he rips it out and he asked me if I want to see it. I'm like, no. I do not. I would have wanted to see it. Well, I didn't. At the, I was like, I'll see it in a minute. I was okay. like, I just need to relax. I also said, <laughs> I said to, I said to the doctor, I was like, I told my wife that I need to worry about this because like the doc and then he was like, yeah, you just wait till she gives birth. You ain't got nothing to complain about. And I was like, thanks. Anyways. Fair enough. But pain is pain. So I appreciate it. Mean, I wasn't in pain when he did it. No, I know. But I just mean the whole experience as like. It was mentally, it was mentally draining. People always say that like, oh, you shouldn't complain about that because other people have to go through like your wife's going to have to give birth one day. 
very true and i expect sympathy when that happens but it was still pain for you it was it was not it was traumatic yeah i had ptsd flashbacks okay anyways so i'm like can i see it and like he seemed kind of annoyed because he had just taken off his glove and then so he had to put on another glove and he holds it up and i was like that's a lot smaller than i thought he goes well it's just a little tube and i was like okay true anyways this nurse is the sweetest lady ever She's like, do you want to drink an orange juice? Like, oh, yes, please. She brings me orange juice. And then she's like, I love your glasses. And I was like, thanks. And she's like, where'd you get them? I was like, Zenny Optical. <laughs> and I was like, I got two <laughs> pairs for 50 bucks. She goes, those were only $25. I was like, yeah, and I got a pair of sunglasses. And she's like, do you mind if I put them on? So then she puts on my glasses and she goes, oh, these are like just as nice as mine. And I had to pay so much more. So she's like a Zenny customer now. She's going to do it. So... The first visit, they sold you on a certain brand of popsicle. The second visit, you sold them on glasses. Yeah. So she's like, she, and then she starts. Also, that has to be breaking COVID procedure. I don't know. <laughs> and then um, she's like, oh, do you, uh, have you seen the Tiger King? <laughs> I'm like, no. She goes, oh, it's wild. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then she's like, can you see Trump? And I'm like, okay. She's like, like, we're just talking mm. at this point. She goes. She's like, I was like, so is there like someone, like, is there a time limit for me to get out of here? Like, I feel like I need to just chill out for a bit. And she goes, no, stay all day if you want. There's no one after you. You're the last one. So anyways, I was nervous because they said that there may be blood after this. Mm-hmm. So I, I finally get up the courage and also realize they put stuff. I'm covered in something. Gel or something. <laughs> Because I go and there, and she gives me a face cloth and she goes, you're going to want to get cleaned up. And I didn't know what she meant, but she gives me this face cloth. Did they put just to go back? Did they put another blanket on you? Or are you still with the square? Oh, no, they took the square off. OK, I don't even know. They just like cleaned up and I look over and they're like flowing fluid through the scope that was just inside of me and stuff like they threw out the thing by going to the bathroom. Well, I get up from, and I feel wet, but I guess it's because they pump saline into my bladder so then I can, they can move so can pee? move around better in there or something. Oh, okay. But it's a messy, it's not a precise instrument, apparently, because the bed was soaked with water. I hope. It was why I really... Maybe you really can pee laying down. I don't know. So I get up, I clean myself off. I'm just laying there. I start to watch a video about actually tigers. Do you know that there's more tigers in captivity in the United States? Than there is wild tigers in the world. I watched that video right after that procedure on YouTube. Really? Because the hospital Wi-Fi is great. It's so good. Anyways. Anyways, 10 out of 10 would recommend. I fold up my gown for them. I made the bed. I like fold up my tea towel and stuff. And then I like put on my coat and stuff. I'm walking out. She goes, I was just coming to check on you. I was like, yeah, I'm good. It's okay if I just leave. And she goes, oh, yeah, you're good. Anyways. Uh, I go outside and uh, I call Marley and she comes and then I go back in because I was going to pee. I uh, I coughed outside and I peed myself. <laughs> so I go back into the hospital, but like they're asking mm-hmm. you a billion questions. And I'm like, hey, I was just here for a procedure. Where's the closest bathroom? I need to use the restroom. And they're like, have you traveled outside of Canada in the past 14 days? Do you have a new fever? Do you have a new cough or a sore throat? Have you been in? She's like, asked me all these questions. I was like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm like still warm from your hospital bed. I just really need to pee. I understand mm-hmm. why they're doing it. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> I get to the bathroom. Don't have to pee. Phantom pee. It was. Anyways, uh, I get in the car and we get Baconator. Did you? Did we get Wendy's? I, mm. I think we actually went. We got some groceries. No, we didn't get groceries. Yeah, we did. Yes, we went to dollar you, store. You got Wendy's. Because that was like the incentive. I needed something to get me through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and since then, I will say this. I didn't realize how uncomfortable the stent was until they pulled it out. And I realized I didn't feel anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I no longer am afraid to pee. I just pee when I need to now because I'm not <laughs> afraid of the pain or the burning. It's a nice life. And I'm really thankful that I didn't have to pass it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I could. Yeah. And a lot of people, like, my sister has had them, and she had it blasted, but she still had to pass a bunch. Like, she had to pass just smaller particles of it. So it really worked out pretty well in the whole scheme of how things could have gone. Yeah, because... It worked out pretty well. Because my brother, and he's our first... Like, my mom, we were kind of just on the podcast, and I said, hey, let's call mom. Mm Mm-hmm. Adam is our first scheduled guest. I text him and said, "Hey man, we're going to we're going to call you at this time and we're going to talk about this, so be ready." So, now I'm going to let you listen to my brother's kidney journey. Also, we've been recording for an hour. That's fair. I don't think anyone's going to listen to an hour of this story. They don't have to. Also, why did it take me an hour to tell the story of me getting my kidney stone blasted? Just a lot of side details. Yeah, okay. So now we're going to cut to something we recorded a little earlier with my brother, Adam. The kidney bros. The kidney bros. It's like Super Mario. Okay. Hello? Hello. Okay. Are you excited to be on the podcast? Super excited. I'm watching Waco on Netflix. You're multitasking? No, I came upstairs. Oh, okay. Marley's here too. Hi, Marley. So kidney stones is actually something that is genetic. That's what the doctor told me because I asked him, like, how can I not get them again? And he says, once once you have one, you're basically, you have a 50% chance higher of getting one. And if other people in your family have one, then you're like double doomed. So I thought that I would uh, ask someone who's been asking to be on the podcast, who's related to me, and who's had a kidney stone to kind of share their story, just so you guys don't think that I'm exaggerating when I say it's the worst thing I've ever experienced. So I want to welcome my little brother, Adam Jenneru. How are you? I'm good. How's, how's things going down there? It's pretty good. Are you excited to be on the podcast? Super excited. You're famous now. People are going to ask for your autograph. I bet. (laughs) So, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Adam, like Ryan said. I'm his younger brother, and I live a pretty easygoing life on a farm. I work for Procter & Gamble. Everybody probably knows what Procter & Gamble is. And I make adult diapers for a living. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you told us that. Um, <laughs> that's the funniest thing. When I found out that Adam got there, that was like the thing that he led with. He's like, just so I'm making, I'm making adult diapers and pads, but do <laughs> so that's, that basically sums up, sums up that. So Adam, tell us about your kidney stone. How did you first know you had it? 
Well, I was eating Little Caesars pizza, and we came home, and uh, I got home, and I was sitting in my bed, and I, all of a sudden, I had this terrible pain in my in my side, my lower back, so bad, I was on the ground crying. Michelle came down and was like, what's going on? I said, I don't know, there's something really hurting me. She wanted to take me to the hospital, but I said, not going to the hospital. That's exactly what I did, too. I said, Marley, you're not taking me. This is just, I actually thought it was gas. Yeah, well, that, that's what I thought. So I went to the bathroom. I sat on the toilet for like three hours, thinking maybe I just had to go to the bathroom. And then I finally made a doctor's appointment. Or how did that go? No, I was at work. And then it was really bad. So then I finally went to the hospital. And then they're like, well, what do you eat? And I said, well, I eat McDonald's every day. I drink like seven liters of Coca-Cola a day. <laughs> I'm very, very bad on my body. And then they said, well, that's probably not helping you at all. So then they scheduled a, an x-ray. They didn't find anything except for I had a fatty liver. So then... So they didn't couple... see the kidney stone when they did the x-ray? No, it was an ultrasound. They didn't see the kidney stone or anything, but they weren't looking for that. And then I uh, went through that whole process. And then about on my birthday, actually, on Halloween... I was at work, went to the bathroom, and then out comes this little thing and some blood, and there you go. Oh, you passed Reached. yours? I passed mine, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't. It was very painful. The whole it, it was painful because it's stuck inside of you and it's moving constantly, and it felt <laughs> like for for like probably a month and a half, it was like I was peeing fire that or razor awful. blades. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's, yeah, uh, not fun. Yeah, see. Uh, I got, when did I go into the doctor? It was like Tuesday. It start, I started having pain on Tuesday. I, w I went into the doctor on Wednesday. And then they called me on Friday to set up the surgery. And he was out on Monday. And I was out on Monday. And they just they just blasted with a laser. Uh, yes, I, this was a three-month ordeal for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it easy. Adam had to go through it. You gotta, you gotta be way closer to this mic. Turn the chair the other way so he can sit closer. It was uh, the best birthday present I've ever had. Was peeing out that little thing. It was, it was on your birthday, eh? Yes, it was on my birthday. But then for like a week after, it still hurt every time I went to the bathroom. But until this day, every time I pee, I still clench because I think something's gonna happen. You just, <laughs> can, you just could never know. You just but never now, know. But now when I eat certain things, like if I drink. You're not. I'm not supposed to drink any dark colas or anything. But if I'm being bad and I want to have a dark cola, my kidney tells me because it hurts. Oh, so you get pain? Yeah, I get pain like every day in my lower back. So here's. I, so maybe you have another one. Nah. Well, a couple of days ago, it felt pretty bad. Like it was almost to the point where it was like before, before, but uh, then it went away. So I just drink lots of water when I think something's gonna happen. That's crazy. So here's a bait, here's a million dollar question. Are you still mm. drinking that much pop and still eating that much McDonald's? No. Oh, you, you cut it out. Well, I cut it out because of my fatty liver. Because only alcoholics get that. But I have the non-alcoholic fatty liver. And I like to have a beer here and there. So <laughs> I don't want to uh, damage my liver too badly. You don't want to make it worse than it already is. Yeah, so I don't. If I go to McDonald's, I don't get two Big Macs and twenty chicken nuggets and a large Coke. I just get a Big Mac and a salad and a Sprite. Well, I remember one time 
like I met you in Napanee and I was like, Hey man, I've got these coupons. He goes, and Adam says, I'll, I'm going to get the two can dine breakfast. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do, I'll do the two can dine breakfast too. And we slammed down. What was it? It was like four egg McMuffins, like two hash browns. No, four, nothing. it was nothing, man. That's just the way we do. I remember one time I went after a rugby tournament. I ate 12 McDoubles on the bus on the ride home. <laughs> Marley, that's what we do, man. What was it the one time you like left? What like it was a McDonald's sandwich of some sort that you left in like a car? And then oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was at camp, I went. And I've got... done that too. Yeah, they don't go bad. In high school, I left one in the back seat of my truck and then I ate it. It was like a month. It probably wasn't a month, but it felt like a month after. It was really hard. They my friend said you wouldn't do it, and I ate it. They don't go bad. They don't go bad. They There's get that hard. Documentary that proves that. <laughs> that supersized me. Oh yeah, and then you see like you find a French fry in your car, and it, it it looks the same. It's just a little hard, but you dip that thing in pop, you can't tell the difference. Oh, that's no, that's a little bit below me. When I was younger, I would like we would get pizza like every other Friday for Dad's like safety thing from Pizza Pizza, and I started doing like I'd eat the pizza normal, and I take the crust, and then I dip it in Pepsi when I was a kid, and I eat the crust when it's all soggy with Pepsi. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Your poor kidneys. Yep, they're they're not hurting today, but a couple days ago, like I said, they were. But I was a bad boy that day. I had two Monster Energy drinks at work. You know, twelve hours night shift that'll kill you every time. So you just need a little <laughs> bit of uplifting Monster Energy to give you wings. <laughs> what? How big was your stone? Marley's asking. Um, I don't know, like maybe the size of a pea, a little smaller. Oh, it, it was very crystally. It looked like a bunch of crystals all together. Really? Do you still have it? I have a picture of it. I don't have it. Can you send I it lost. To me? <laughs> I want to see what it looks like. I'll have to find it. It it was like a pea colored crystal. Really? With with a couple black spots on it. Yeah. And did he say, like, did he say what caused it? Like, oh, my doctor didn't even want to see it. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, well, don't you need to test these things? Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, okay. So he didn't say, like, hey, man, stop drinking so much pop, like, drink more water, that type of thing. He just, like, whatever. Well, no, they, they were thinking that it was, like, they didn't know about the kidney stone. I called, like, the after hours clinic thing. Because I said, something's really wrong. It's, like, unbearable to go to the bathroom. I think I need to come in. And then, sure enough, I called him back and said, I just passed a kidney stone. But I went to the, the doctor originally for the pain, and they were trying to think something. And they found the fatty liver in the process. They thought it was, like, my gallbladder, maybe, or, like, something. And then the kidney stone was just causing all of this pain and all this weird medical stuff. But luckily, it happened because I found out I had that bad liver. It was this when like did you have it when you came down for the wedding? Yes. Oh my frig, dude. Yeah, I, I remember I was like I was afraid to eat anything or drink anything because I didn't know what it was. And I was eating only peanut butter and bread because he said stay with neutral foods. The doctor said that because if if it's your gallbladder or something, it's going to like attack you. And I so I was just eating peanut butter and bread. And drinking nothing because I didn't want to pee. Dude, I I went <laughs> I went six days. Yeah, you have. I remember 
like you getting eye drops or a sliver out of your finger and you would freak out and scream. Okay. Or I'll... <laughs> he hasn't changed at all. <laughs> no, he never will, big baby. <laughs> okay, dude. Settle I'm down. I'm a little brother, but I'm the strong one. I'm not going to lie, he is. Adam will touch worms. He'll... Oh, God. Ugh, I don't like that stuff. Okay, maybe he won't do that. But like, he's not afraid of stuff. Like Skin a deer. That's gross. Very gross. That's wild, dude. I can't imagine having it for a month and a half. I had it for six days, and I literally laid in bed and whined to Marley. It's it's an extreme amount of pain. No one understands. And did you still go like, to work like, and everything? This... Yeah, I was working full time. 45, <laughs> I was working overtime. See, mine happened during coronavirus, so I was working from home. So I just set up a desk on top of my belly. Like I had a board on my belly, and then I had my computer, and I was like doing everything I need to do while laying in bed. I can't imagine making... I don't think... I don't think I could pass a new one at my new job. It's a little too, like, demanding. Like, my old job, I had a lot more time to stand around and just do nothing. Whereas this one, it's very... A lot different. So I, I don't think... I would have to call in and use some time, I think, because 12, 13 hours would kill me. Do you get discounts on diapers? Uh, no. Oh. But I did get a $700 bonus for working through this pandemic. Actually, that's awesome. That's not bad. Yeah. Are you going to buy diapers with it? Actually, well, I saw that they were making like masks and stuff. They're making them at our plant. Yeah. So how like how was it hard to switch over to doing that from diapers? They well, we make we make diapers and we make pads and we also make like um, it's like a diaper pad, a diaper panty liner, basically. (laughs) I don't. But I don't need those yet. They're making them at a different. A different area of the plant, but it's all new stuff, and we get three masks a day That's to wear. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the process of making it. That the line's not in yet. It's just in the the uh, beginning stages of it, but it's going to be in this month. That's awesome. Yep. She told me that on the phone about yours. She's like, "Oh, it's all those special vegetables. Everybody tells you to eat your vegetables." Oh, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't think he's eating any vegetables." I, okay, I don't think that's a problem there. I think maybe it's the Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, he actually did say it's, it's vegetables. He said uh, he said it's crazy, but like leafy greens like kale, I don't eat that. But like uh, lettuce and stuff, he said that's kind of what does it. And he said you can help prevent them by drinking orange juice or like water with lemon and stuff. But he said you have to drink four to eight liters of water a day. 48 liters? Four to eight. Oh, four to eight. So that's like... I drink like one cup. That. <laughs> that's like... Six, Seriously. That's 16 water bottles. Holy. That's a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marley's just sitting here shaking her head. She just doesn't even know what to do with this. No, it was pretty wild. Yeah, that's... And, our bodies are going to be screwed up for a long time. Well, yeah, because of our hereditary genes. Well, he said he said genetics is like really bad for it, and then like once you have one, you're like fifty percent more likely to have one. So he said it's, you're almost guaranteed to get another one. So he he called me in. He goes, I'll I'll like come back in six months and I'll look at you again with a what was it a CAT scan, which was weird. I can't believe you went into a hospital, dude. I, this- I couldn't move. 
It, uh, like, yeah, but... Well, like, it, the coronavirus isn't that bad here. And I and I thought, like, maybe it was appendicitis or something. One sec. There's, like, an alarm going off on my phone, and it's freaking loud. We got to go out at 9.28. Although it's cloudy, Marley. I don't think we're going to be able to see it. Um, what are you looking at? Well, Elon Musk, like, he, he launched a bunch of these satellites that's going to do internet for people. And mm. so it's, like, 60 satellites, and they all go across in a perfect line. And it, they're flying over our house at uh, at nine thirty four. So I want to go out and see it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I missed it last night, and it was like clear, perfect night, and everyone was posting on Facebook, "Oh, it's amazing!" And I was so mad that I missed it, but apparently tonight. But it's pretty cloudy, so we'll see. I'd go to space. I'd go to space too. I told Marley if if they said Ryan, we can send you to space, and you can never come back, I'd be saying, "See you, Marley. Bye." Oh, that's rude. Well, it'd be so cool. So romantic. I I like space, but the whole idea of space kind of is unsettling to a lot of people. Well, it's, it's, yeah, like, it's like we, nothing. Like it's it's everything but nothing. But it's philosophical for you. I'd go to the moon if they said you can go to the moon, but you can't come back. I'd say okay. Did we ever go to the moon? Yeah, we did. Mm, did we though? Here's, we're here. in a big, we're in a big arms race with a lot of countries. First one to space. Adam, here's the thing. I want to say this. We're going to do another <laughs> podcast, and we're going to just talk about conspiracy theories. <laughs> I had no idea you were into this. I have very misguided opinions, but I believe them strongly. <laughs> I have very misguided opinions, but I believe them strongly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And I'm Joe Exotic. And I'm Joe Exotic. I haven't watched that actually. Oh, you got to watch it. Didn't he it's like? Amazing. Didn't the woman? I was. I watched something that was just reviewing like stuff that came out recently, and he said like the woman, like allegedly fed her ex husband to a tiger. Older husband backed him. Yep. Hello. Well, Adam, uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast and telling us about your kidney experience. Maybe it'd be fun to get people to write into us about their kidney experiences, and then we can like do like a kidney wall of fame. Who has the biggest kidney stone? Do you, is there anything else you want to say before we let you go, Adam? Oh, thank you for having me on this wonderful primetime podcast. And I hope to see you guys soon, which will probably be a long time from now. Because the borders are closed. On planes, so. and, and the borders yes. are closed. There's like a, a legit barricade at the New Brunswick-Quebec border. We're not letting anyone in because we don't have a lot of cases, unlike you guys out there. So, Yeah, it's all bad here. It's unterrible. Unterrible. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for telling us about your story. No problem. Awesome. Talk to you later. Yep. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, I just want to say a big thank you to my brother, Adam. I had to cut a lot of that conversation out because we got on. Well, we just started talking on the phone. So. Um, but that was really fun. And I think I might have him on in a, in a future episode to talk about conspiracy theories because he's got some pretty juicy conspiracy theories. Yeah. That could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. It could also get us demonetized if we ever post this on YouTube because they don't like conspiracy theories, but yeah. So that was our kidney story. I was going to do listener mail cause we've got three voice memos. I don't think we should, we can fit them on this episode. So the no, next episode, something separate. Um, 
But yeah, I want to say a big thank you to my brother, Adam. Uh, he's hilarious. Oh my goodness, he's so funny. Um, it's funny to listen to you guys talk back and forth. Because like, I understand where some of your jokes come from now. Yeah, that's not a great thing. Um, <laughs> that's not bad. Big thank you to Josh Liston once again for our intro and outro music. Yeah, thank you, Josh. And our uh, he let us borrow his little thing again. <laughs> his uh, box that lets us plug in microphones. If you want to sponsor the podcast, let me know. We need to buy a piece of equipment. Oh my gosh! Stop. We're it. starting our, our we're starting our Kickstarter. Um, but yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Remember when we said we we're going to upload every Wednesday? Forget it. We're going to upload when we think of it. Hey, if you've got a topic, post in the comments on the website or on the Facebook page when I post this stuff. And maybe we'll we'll talk about it because hmm. these topics basically come up when I go, Marley, we should talk about the podcast. Or we'll just have to wait till another medical thing happens and then we'll have lots of content. Awesome. Well, have a great evening or morning or afternoon or night. We'll see you again. Bye, guys. On the Rue Crew Podcast.